Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to continue. Um, so I, I diverted a little bit away from the book of Acts, because there's a guy that Paul meets in the book of Acts um, that who is from the town that we're going to read about. He was a Colossian, and uh, I felt like we just need to dive through this um, because we look at building a life, or we look at actually um, in every one of the areas of our life, we're building something all the time, as we said last week. And so last week we read through Colossians 1. We're going to look at Colossians 2 and probably come back to Colossians uh, chapter 1 in a couple of weeks. Um, but here in Colossians chapter 2, uh, Paul is really getting down to the heart of the matter of what's taking place. And it's just exactly what I was saying before, um, before Pastor Morgan uh, was sharing and then actually prayed over us, is Jesus really is the answer in every situation in life. Uh, there used to be a, um, it may still be on, I'm not sure, but there used to be um, a TV show on uh, where they studied Bible trivia. Jeff Foxworthy was a part of that. It was a, it was a game show. Um, but in that, there was a little kid who uh, was asked a question, and he didn't know the answer, so he said, Jesus. And um, they asked, well, that was wrong. And the little boy said, well, mom always said that Jesus was the answer for everything. And so he was giving Jesus as the, as the actual answer. And that seems uh, funny, and it was a little funny in that instance. However, it is really true. It is really true. Jesus is the answer for every situation in our life. Jesus is the answer whenever there is division Jesus is the answer whenever there are financial tensions. Jesus is the answer whenever uh, we have situations with our families, when there's problems in uh, relationships, uh, when we have other struggles in our life. Jesus is always the answer. And so what we have to make certain is that we are doing exactly what Paul is saying here to our Colossian brothers and sisters, is that Jesus is the foundation in every area of our life. Because if Jesus isn't the foundation, as I said last week, we're just building a house of cards that is eventually going to crumble. And that's why we had parents stand on the stage today and commit to raising their kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. We charge them to pray for their souls, to do everything they could to get them in the Word of God so they could experience the presence of God. And then we as a church made a commitment to support them and do everything we can because Jesus really is the answer for everything in life. And in Colossians chapter 2, Paul goes deeper into that. So if you'll turn over to Colossians chapter 2 with me this morning, we're going to read a few verses. We're going to pause. We're going to read some more verses and pause, and then we're going to read some more verses and pause and talk about what we just read. So let's read the beginning of Colossians chapter 2. Paul says, I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. 
My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So did you catch what Paul said there in verse 3? All wisdom and knowledge is in Christ Jesus. Do you know what Paul is saying? It's what I just said a minute ago. Jesus is the answer for everything. For everything. All wisdom and all knowledge is actually rooted in Him. Name a subject we say at Warner Christian Academy. When you take Jesus out of the subject, we're missing knowledge and we're missing understanding. Because Jesus is truth. And the absence of Jesus, there is no truth. And Paul is saying here to the Colossian believers who've actually had some bad teachers infiltrate the church. And they're saying, hey, just pray to these angels. And if you'll focus on these angels or all of this other mystic stuff, then you'll be able to find the answers that you're actually searching for in life. And Paul says in verse 3, that's not the truth. The end of chapter 1 that we'll focus on in a couple of weeks, Paul says that is the wrongest wrong of all the wrongs that have ever been wrong. Jesus truly is the answer for everything. So all you have to do is name a need in life, and you'll find that Jesus is the answer. And the only way that we will ever discover truth is when we are spending time in the presence of Jesus and in His Word. And so read verse 3 again with me. Paul says, namely Christ, at the end of 2, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from the body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ actually is. And so all of these gurus, if you will, or all of these people that claim to have a lot of wisdom showed up in town, and they were deceiving our brothers and sisters, and they were leading them astray from the truth that God is absolutely the answer to everything. And so with this, the, the, our brothers and sisters, our Colossian brothers and sisters, were led astray. And they started relying on other things instead of relying on their foundation, which was Jesus Christ. And so with this, they thought, hey, these people are experts in the field. These people were the leading uh, spiritual people of the day. They were ones who claimed to have great wisdom. They had the degrees. They had the accomplishments. They had the commendations. They had the awards, all of the trophies. They showed up, and they had a huge list of credentials and they were leading people out of the church saying, well, yes, that, that Jesus thing is right, and you need to have a relationship with Jesus. However, if you focus on this, and if you th begin to think about this, then you're going to find the answer to what you're actually looking for. And Paul is saying, I'm drawing a fine line in the sand. And I'm saying, Paul would say, I would say to you that none of that matters unless you have Jesus Christ. And so watch what happens on the me in the media today. Now that there's been a, sh a shooting just up the road in Jacksonville, they're going to drag out every expert. They're going to drag out politicians who already started showing up yesterday. 
And we're going to have tons of people with degrees, awards, accomplishments, accommodations, you name it. And all of these talking heads are going to be put in front of us, and they're going to tell us how we need to structure our country and our, our towns and our lives today so that these types of things don't happen. And what I am saying to you is if we do all of this stuff that every expert says that we need to do, but we leave out Jesus, we have failed and this is why Jesus actually showed up. And this is why Paul is actually addressing this to the church. He's saying we've got to get back to Jesus because in him, the mystery of the universe, the mystery of everything that ever was, it gives us, or in him, is all knowledge and all wisdom. It's not based on our political system. It's not based on the best of all the morals that ever are. It's not based on the principles of the world. It's not even based upon human traditions. Instead, we must, as the church, stand up and say, it is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. This is what God has called us to do. This is what we have to say. And if we don't say it, I promise you the enemy is certainly not going to say it. If God was in the world in the beginning, and in everything we find in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, there was order and there was structure. The reason that was the case is because the presence of God was right there in the middle of it. God spoke it into existence, and then he was in the creation and spending time with the creation. But whenever the enemy came into the picture, and he introduced sin, and Adam and Eve took the bait for that sin, then what happened is sin separated us from God. And from that moment going forward, what we, def what we actually discover is that Jesus Christ revealed in John 10.10 10 exactly, exactly who the enemy was, the thief. And he said, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. These are Jesus' words. And he said, however, I have come so that you can have life and that you can have it abundantly or that you can live it to the full so that everything that God desires for us to have can be experienced in Jesus Christ. But if you'll notice what Jesus did, he said there's two parts to this. There's the one who steals, kills, and destroys, and then there is the life giver so that you can have life abundantly or life to the full. And we get to, we get to be the ones to actually choose that. But Paul didn't stop here. He actually kept going. And I want you to read the next couple of verses with me. Six and seven, because these verses are so powerful. Paul says, so then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Paul says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. You received Christ Jesus so continue to have him as the foundation is, is how you could take what Paul is actually saying. You received Christ because you were made aware through the conviction of the Holy Spirit that there was a deficit, that there was something lacking in your life. And all of the wisdom that we had and all of the attempts at trying we had 
failed us and we needed something to feel to fill that in our life. And Paul said, you received Christ Jesus to fill that void in verse 6. And that void, Jesus came in. He became the foundation. And Paul says, keep him as the foundation. Because if he's not the foundation, then everything is actually going to crumble. That's what we said to these three families standing up here today with their kids. Keep Jesus as the foundation. So why is it, though, that we take the bait from the enemy whenever he presents something to us? I got to thinking about these verses this week. And I have to tell you, I'm not a fisherman. I don't like fishing. I think it's a big waste of time. I don't like the smell of fishing. I don't like the frustration and the time that's invested into fishing. And some of you, if you had something, you would throw it at me right now. I know, I know that. I, I understand that. I'm confessing something to you that you can pray with me over. I think that all the money and time you spend fishing... You could instead go to the fish market and buy it cheaper. But that's my opinion on fishing. That's how I think about fishing. But I have a nephew that fishes and spends way too much money on fishing. He has specialty equipment for when he wants to go catch a certain type of fish. And then there is specialty bait. So if he's trying to catch a certain type of fish... Then he uses a certain lure, he uses a certain type of bait, so then that way he can catch a certain type of fish. I don't figure it out. I go and I sit down and say, I want the blackened grouper, and that's how I actually do all of my fishing. <laughs> that's the extent of it. And if you look at what I'm paying for the blackened grouper, it's a whole lot less than you're paying for the rod and reels and the bait that you actually have and the fuel and all, all of that stuff. But do you know fishing is really no different from the way the enemy attacks us. He puts out a certain bait, a certain lure that we like, and we think, oh, that looks attractive. That is what I need in my life. And we, just like the fish, take the bait. And we think, oh, that is going to be tasty. That is going to be good. But we forget it's the thief that comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And he always in front of us has some type of bait or some type of lure that is attractive to us. And what Paul is saying in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, 7, 8, and 9, don't take the bait that the enemy's putting in front of you because it's bait. It is a lure, and what he wants to do is hook you with that bait so that he can pull you in to stealing, killing, and destroying. And Jesus would say to us, he is the one that gives us life abundantly. And it is not bait with Jesus. It is not a lure with Jesus. It is the truth of all truths that he then brings us in to this abundant life. That is the best thing for all of us. And so Paul goes on saying, verse, uh, let's read verse 8 and 9. See to it that no one takes you captive. You know what he's saying? Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. The enemy, just like the smartest, wisest fisherman knows, if this is the type of thing that I want to catch, all I have to do is use this lure. 
I've got to get up. I've got to do X, Y, and Z. If I go through this process, the fish are going to be moving. I put this bait, this lure in the water, and then I have a high probability of being able to catch that specific fish. That's how the enemy works in our lives. And Paul says, see to it. See to it. That's a charge. That's a job for you. That's something that you have to be aware of. See to it, Paul says, that no one takes you captive. Don't take the bait. So you have to be the smart fish in the water, right? You have to be able to discern, and you have to be wise enough to know, oh, that looks good. That looks like something that I want to have in my life. However, because Jesus is my foundation, I know that that is the bait of the enemy. And so even though it is tempting, and even though it looks like something I want, I am not going to take the bait because that's actually from the enemy. And you know how you get that? You know how you get that in your life? You know where that discernment actually comes from? It comes from spending time with the Lord. If Jesus is your foundation, then Jesus needs to be in your life. Because if he's not present, he can't be the foundation. We can't sing, on Christ the solid rock I stand, and then kick Jesus out of our lives every single day. Well, you can't have Jesus in your life when you're in here and then say, God, I've got it from this point forward. I'll see you next Sunday at 10 a.m. That's not a foundation. Do you know what that is? That's no different from a quick fix from a drug that makes you feel better, and then you crash and you burn right after that. And we have to be the ones that say, I don't want Jesus to be a quick fix in my life. I want Jesus to be the foundation in my life that I'm building on. And that's why Paul says in this book of Colossians that Jesus is at the center of everything. And see to it that no one takes you captive. So I want to ask you to do a little bit of an inventory right now in your life. I want to ask you to examine the bait that is before you in your life. What is the bait? What is the lure that the enemy keeps putting out there time and time and time again? And you think, oh, that looks so good. That's just what I need right now at this moment in my life. And I'm going to take the bait and I'm going to put it into my life because it's going to help me in this moment feel better or whatever that actually is. And you know what? It may be different for every one of us. Just as there are tons and tons and tons of different lures that work in different settings and for different fish and in different weather and in so forth. The enemy's crafty. The enemy thinks he's wise. But what he's offering us is fake and it's not real. And Paul says, in Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, with him as the foundation, he truly is the answer in every area of life. So let's keep reading. Verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him, 
you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And I, I want to talk about this um, for just a second. Well, let me, go, let me go back to seven, and then we're going to talk about this. Verse seven, this is what Paul says. I want you to catch this because William told me something before church that was so powerful and didn't know that I was reading this verse, and I want to share it with you. Verse seven, Paul says that in Christ, so he's talking about in Christ Jesus as our foundation here. We'll continue to live in him. He says, rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Rooted and built up in him. So we were talking, we always pray, um, our worship team and I always gather together before church, and we always spend time in prayer. We talk for just a few minutes, and then we spend time in prayer. And as we were just having a conversation, we were talking about a few different things. Dexter and Will and I were talking about a couple of different things. And in this, Will recalled a sermon from quite some time ago that he actually heard preached uh, at a camp meeting in Anderson, Indiana. Uh, one of our movement's most amazing speakers, uh, Dr. Sam Himes, was the speaker. And William said, as long as he lives, he'll never forget this story. Dr. Himes uh, was from the islands. And he said, in the islands, there were a lot of different caves. And you could go down into these caves, and you could actually see the roots of some of the huge trees actually coming down into these caves, because in these caves... There was water, and these trees had grown up through the decades despite hurricanes, despite storms, despite whatever the environment threw at them, uh, despite drought, everything, because their roots had grown down through the rocks into these caves where there was a source of life for these trees. And, and William said, I'll never forget him sharing this story because he was saying that these trees actually survived hurricanes and so many things from the environment. And the reason was because they were rooted deep in these caves and they were connected to a source of life. And what Paul is saying to us here in verse 7 is, you've got to be rooted in something that is actually giving you life. And the fake lure or the fake bait from the enemy is not a life-sustaining uh, item that we can actually live on. Oh, it may feel good in the moment, but eventually it leads to death because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And anything that comes from him is eventually going to do those three things, steal, kill, and destroy. However, if you are rooted in Jesus Christ, if he is the foundation like those trees, then we would be able to experience exactly, exactly what Paul is talking about here in verse 7, that we would be sustained by life that is actually found in Jesus Christ. And you know what? We are living in a world that is totally miserable, and they're looking for the next thing that's going to make them happy. They're looking for the next good answer. They're looking for the next solution. But the only solution and the only answer is what we talk about all the time, and that is Jesus Christ. And what we have to do is be committed in the same way that Paul was here to sharing the answer, which is Jesus Christ. I remember when I was in school, 
the one with the answer was the one that got the attention. And the teacher would say, oh, that's fabulous. You got the answer. And it made me want to get the answer. I wanted to be able to be patted on the back by the teacher. I wanted to be the one that was actually recognized. And you know what? We've got the answer. But we have been content letting the enemy be recognized and give the falsehood from the lure so that people take the enemy's bait instead of being built upon the true foundation, which is Jesus Christ. So we've got an assignment. And our assignment here in this refuge of grace, as I talked about earlier, was cemented by God back in 1932. When this community began reaching out to the children in this community. And they began sharing that Jesus should be the foundation. And for over 90 years, this has been who God has had us serve as in this community. And when the enemy attacks, he attacks in that place time and time again. And you know what he does? He gives us some bait. And he tries to lure us away from that mission, that calling that God has given to us. And he tries to distract us. And he tries to get us to focus on this, that, or the other instead of focusing with him as the foundation in what he's called us to actually do. So let's keep reading here. Verse number 13. Pastor Morgan talked about this earlier. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with his, uh, with his regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You know what Paul is saying? Is he called out the bait or the lure of the enemy. And he made it a public spectacle. He said, this is the fakeness. This is the stealing, the killing, and the destroying that the enemy wants to do. This is what the enemy, or this is how the enemy is actually attacking. And instead, what we have to do is be rooted on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And so the question that we have to resolve here today is how is it, or what is it we actually do to actually ensure that our foundation is Jesus Christ. So that Jesus Christ truly is the answer. And I say it all the time, it almost sounds cliche-ish. It almost sounds like, yep, that's the answer, I've got it, now let's go about our happy way. But I wanna say it, and I wanna say it slow because I want you to catch it this morning. You must spend time with Jesus so that he is your foundation. If you want to fall in love with somebody, you've got to spend time with somebody. If you want to grow in love with somebody, you've got to spend time with that person. And that is true with Jesus. But do you know what the bait of the enemy actually is for us? For us? We're busy, right? We have a lot going on. And so the lure or the bait of the enemy for us is all I have to do is attend church on Sunday morning. 
I've had my time with Jesus, and then that's going to get me through the week so that by the time I'm drained from that, I'll come back to church the next Sunday, I'll be filled up, and then I'll go live the week drained, and then I'll come back, and I'll charge up again, and then I'll just keep in that pattern. Listen, that is not a sustainable pattern. And that is a pattern that will cause you to live a life less than the abundant life or the life to the full that Jesus was talking about in John 10.10. Why would we want to live drained throughout the week to come back and get a hit on Sunday so that we can go live till we get almost completely empty and come back and just do that over and 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 over, and over again? When God says, I will be with you always. Notice what God did not say in that scripture. I will be with you on Sunday morning from 10 a.m. until the pastor decides to quit talking and you're finally able to get out of church on Sunday morning. That's not, that's not the promise of God. The promise of God is that as long as you allow him to be, he will be with you always, right? Now, you can turn your back on God. You can, you can turn away from God, but he's still going to pursue you. God is with us always, and we have to spend time with him throughout the week so that we're not living a life up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. But we're living the constant life with him as the foundation Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, constantly in every area of our life. Now, I'm not saying that just being at church or being at church on Sunday morning is a bad thing. It's not. You need to be at church on Sunday morning. We need to be with each other. We need to have relationships with other people that are going to encourage us in our faith. And that's why community groups are important. So I encourage you to stop by the tables and sign up for a community group because you've got to have those types of people in your life because the enemy will put other people in your life that are going to drain you and destroy that foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. But we have to be a people that are committed to having Jesus at the center of every area of our life. So now, let's fast forward to verse 17. And I want to read this, and we're going to close with these verses. These are the shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Jesus Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize. What Paul is saying is ignore the experts who tell you that you can do whatever you want to do, but leave out Jesus Christ. Ignore those experts, because you've got to have Jesus Christ, and then let him tell you what to do. And then he says, such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen, and his unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle notions. Hmm. Verse 19. He's lost connection with the head. That's Jesus Christ, from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows, and God causes it to grow. Listen to this, verse 20. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you submit to its rules? So what Paul is saying is we have to have Jesus Christ at the center of everything in our life. And so let me give you this verse as the closing. 
Paul wrote 2 Corinthians chapter 9 or chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. What he says here at the end of chapter 2 is, since you died with Christ, that old has gone. Christ is now the foundation, so live as though Christ is the foundation. Live as though you are building upon him. So I want to go back to the question that I asked a little bit earlier. What bait, what lure in your life do you so easily take from the enemy? That he is using to destroy Christ as the foundation in your life. What bait is there? Now listen, for every one of us, there is some form of bait. There's some some lure that the enemy uses to lure us away. As you grow in Christ, some of those it gets easier as we rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to turn our back and say no to those. Some of us want to criticize some of the lures that some of the other people have actually taken. And we want to say, oh, this is much worse than this, and this is much worse. Listen, sin is sin. Sin is sin, and there is no measure of sin. There's either you're on God's side or you're on the enemy's side. And all of sin is just a lure or a bait from the enemy. And we've got to call it out and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be the new creation that God has dreamed and died for us to be. So what bait or lure do you have in your life? What is that one thing or things that the enemy uses over and over and over and over again to try to steal, to kill, and destroy? What I want to ask you to do in this moment is to be totally transparent with God. Totally transparent with God. And ask him to examine and reveal what that bait is that you so often take. And then ask for the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can be overcomers and turn our back on that bait or the lure and be the newness that God has for us. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you that you continue to join us as we lean into God's Word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.